Hello and welcome to Reaching the Summit on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio in the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. I am Don Conklin, along with Teresa Conklin, and every month on Reaching the Summit, you will meet successful business leaders who have climbed the mountain and reached the summit in their profession. We will talk to them about their journey, their challenge, the challenges they faced, and the lessons and insights they have learned along the way. Reaching the Summit is presented by Pinnacle Custom Signs. Get a more elevated look with your business signage. Visit PinnacleCustomSigns.com. Our guests today are Jim Tardiff with Signs of Significance and Tom Koberger with Comfort Control. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you, Don and Teresa. Thank you, Don. Sure. Teresa. So, Tom, talk to us a little bit about Comfort Control, what you do, how you start it, and just kind of give us a, you know, the, the, the thumbnail about what's going on with Comfort Control from that standpoint. Well, I started back in 1992, so I'm in business about 28 years now, and um, basically started it out of the basement of my home. Uh, it was just me and my dad. My dad was retired at the time, and uh, he was living in Florida. And I said, hey, Dad, you know, I want to start my own company. You want to give me a hand? And he said, sure. Um, uh, my mother was happy because she didn't like it in Florida. So um, he moved to Georgia, helped me start the company, and 28 years later, you know, we're, we're still going strong. Yeah. So why heating and air when you started up? Well, I went, uh, I went to high school um, in New Jersey for – it was actually a trade school. So I knew I was in college material. So I decided, uh, actually my dad kind of talked me into it. He says, if you're not going to go to college, son, you probably ought to learn a trade. So I went to a, a high school that had trade in it. So I, in the morning we did our academic stuff, and in the afternoon it was trade. It, we, we learned heating and air and refrigeration during the afternoon. So I was, I was in school from, from 8 o'clock in the morning all the way to 4.30. I, was, I didn't get home until dark when all the other kids were home at 2 o'clock. Well, it did get dark in New Jersey very early because I grew up there. So yeah, I know that. in the wintertime. <laughs> in the wintertime, it gets dark at 4 o'clock, I yeah. think. So, Well, that's great. You know, And that's also, you know, we'll talk about it in a little bit here, but from, uh, you know, what can kids do with their lives and things like that? You know, college is great, but it's not the end all for 100% of children and kids out there. So, right. uh, So, Jim, can you tell us how you got into the sign business? Yeah, I sure can. So I spent 30 years with General Electric and um, was downsized out of that role. Uh, I joined a, another company in Atlanta called N3 as their global sales director and did that for about three years and found that it really wasn't a great fit for me. Um, so I left and about the same time my son Christian was graduating uh, from college with a degree in advertising. So he and I decided we'd try and do something together. So we looked around and found the sign world model uh, for sign shops and uh, we dove in. So yeah, we started five and a half years ago. Sounds a lot like our story too, because our son Matthew was graduating from college at about the same time we decided to start our business. Maybe from the same college. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the school of hard knocks, that's for sure. Yeah. So. So it's uh you know it's interesting today is um, about a year or close to a year from the let's flatten the curve for 15 days right so we all have lived the past 12 months as business owners and we hear stories you know in the press and things like that about how tough it really is out there and how really tough it is on small businesses and since the three of us all own small businesses I like to get 
you know, Tom, starting with you, what's your take on what happened to comfort control during the pandemic and where do you find yourself here 12 months later? Yeah, it was tough because uh, in March when it hit and when the word got out, our customers didn't want us in their homes. I mean, they just pure didn't want us to come out at all. Um, we had over 2,000 maintenance customers to get to to service their systems, and uh, they just didn't want us to come out. So we were, you know, we were fright. I was scared to death about that. But a couple of weeks into that, uh, we kind of convinced them that we, we, we sent out a, an email blast and a text blast and said, look, you know, we're going to have protective clothing on, we're going to have gloves, we're going to have masks. We're gonna, you know, put something down on the on your floor to put the tool bag on. We've got Lysol wipes. We're gonna, you know, be very, very careful and clean. And they started slowly allowing us to come into the home. Yeah. So it was kind of hard to find Lysol at that point. It so, was wasn't very it? hard to find Lysol. <laughs> Lysol, yeah. hand sanitizer, yes. anything that paper towels. Yes. Yeah. Luckily, I had an account with um, Home Depot uh, stuff that you can't buy in the store online and uh, i was able to get it that way oh, yeah. you're fortunate because i struggled with that it was tough. a lot yeah so between that and toilet paper right i mean <laughs> right. it's amazing it still amazes me that toilet paper was the one thing you know when we have snowstorms it's bread and milk not toilet paper right. but hey who knows right who knows? so so tom now now that we're 12 months in i mean have you seen your business come back to what you would call normal or what what changes have you made and how do you see 2021 shaping up based upon everything that you can read in the tea leaves right now yeah it has it has come back normal uh, we have very few customers now that won't allow us, allow us in the home um, we've caught up on all the maintenance uh, so yeah it's 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 complete turnaround right now everybody's feeling a little more comfortable now that the uh, vaccine is out um, i think it's going to get progressively better that's great how about you jim how did the pandemic affect your business yeah it's, it's very interesting. We had, in 2019, we had the best year we had ever had. And coming into 2020, I was looking to obviously continue that momentum and keep growing. I had just hired a new salesperson. And January hit, and it was like somebody had hit the brakes. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. started making me nervous. I had just invested in additional resources. And then slowly but surely, word started trickling out about this covid thing coming out of china uh, and it really hit our business hard uh, we had we had a couple of projects uh, stall mm -hmm. we had a couple canceled out of our pipeline uh, i ended up furloughing my team uh, i didn't shut the business down i kept coming to work every day and it was important to me to make sure that the marketplace knew that signs of significance was still open we had not shut down. We were supporting the essential businesses with the COVID signage and that sort of thing. So I wanted to make sure that we were still out there and, and available to help. Um, once the governor opened the state back up, it came flooding right back to us. So we finished uh, 2020. The last six months were the best six month stretch we had ever had from a revenue perspective. And we're off to a heck of a start this year as well. So Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Well, you know, it, it is interesting because from our standpoint, what we saw was very similar, right? We had good January and February, but then the bottom dropped out, right? And, uh, you know, the good news for us, we were able to get a PPP loan. I don't know about you guys. Yes. We did that. 
And so the biggest issue we had was our employees were just totally freaked out. They really didn't know day to day what was going to happen. You know, we had so many rumors out there. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. You know, they're going to close everything down. You know, it's, yep. you know, you'd have to have. I even got. I was working on a Fulton County uh, project, and I even got letters from Fulton County saying I could actually be out working on the signs. They actually issued those so that if anybody stopped me. I can show them paperwork that I was allowed to be out. So it was kind of touch and go at that point in time, really interesting. We actually, after we got the PPP loan, we said, you know what? You guys are all freaked out. You're all over the place. Go home. So we sent them home for the week before Easter, um, paid them, and said, listen, this is the time to decompress, to really get your heads together, come back in. And they came back in the Monday after Easter, and ever since then we've been kind of back on track uh, but you know it, it's interesting how it's all played out I guess I got the other question I got to ask you has COVID itself entered your workplace and how has it affected your workforce from a COVID standpoint so Tom what about you we only had uh, one or two employees get it and they just you know we sent them home they were home for a week or two and came back and everything was fine so we didn't really have a big breakout at the mm -hmm. office at all for us, uh, everybody in my business except for me has had it. So wow! Yeah. Now my my designer um, had it really before anybody knew what it was, and you know, we we caught wind of what it was while he was home sick with it. Um, then my wife and my son both got it at the same time, so I was actually living in a house with two people with COVID for their quarantine period. My son has an apartment down in the city, but he moved home to quarantine with his mom. So somehow or another, I've been able to avoid it. Wow. Yeah, yeah we, we've been very fortunate because nobody in our shop has had it. Um, we've had people that were exposed to it, had relatives that had it. And in those instances, we'd send them home for them to quarantine just so that they wouldn't infect the rest of the team. Yep. Um, but knock on wood, we haven't had anybody get it. And so, and we have seen, you know, some, you know, on the fringe, but, um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's going to play itself out. I think we see a lot of the, you know, the collapsing of the infection rate and the, right. and like I said, the vaccine and things like that. So with any luck by the end of year, this year, we'll get back to what maybe or might be normal. Maybe we don't have to wear masks or anything like that. Right. So, but um, there's an interesting dynamic that I think all three all, all three companies have, and that is um, family family business. And I know Tom, you started with your dad, and you had your son in the business. You have Christian in the business. I know that Jim, and as you know, that we have uh, two sons in the business. Right. So, so Teresa, how is it working with your sons in the business? And you had to ask me. And your <laughs> and and your husband, who's been known to be a tyrant. At Again, times. you had to ask me. <laughs> Now, working with families is a definitely a, an interesting dynamic because you have both the family relationship and the work relationship. And a lot of times, I think, at least for our family, we have a tough time separating them or keeping them distinctly separate. One always seems to bleed into the other. You know, when we spend a weekend with one of the kids, we'll wind up talking about work or, you know, things about work will come home. And so that, that's been a challenge for us. Um, how about for you? What about working with your husband? 
She, she skipped that part. <laughs> Conveniently, she did. I noticed strategically. Yeah. Oh, that's the first strategic thing I ever did. Um, no, um, working with Don has been interesting because we've always worked well together. We, you know, we met in college. We got the same degree in college, so we learned to work together then. And we've always seemed to have skill sets that mirror one another where I'm strong he's not and vice versa and I think once we started getting the business going and understanding how to run the business our roles naturally separated to the point where he has his responsibilities and I have mine and then where we need to touch and we try to stay in lockstep with one another as much as much as possible yeah I think defining what your responsibility versus you know the other person's responsibility is huge because there's a tendency to, you know, to want to help. There's a tendency to step on toes and things like that. But like, I, I hate minutia. I hate um, details and all that other stuff. And Teresa's great at that. You know, I'll, I'll say, hey, you know what? We're going to do this. And she'll say, wait, have you thought through that? I was like, not really, but it sounds cool. Let's go do that. Come on. <laughs> yep. Right? So I think that's a guy thing. It's a guy thing, you know. Uh-huh. So... But uh, working with, with my, our sons uh, has been really interesting, as you said with Christian, is right. that we started the company because of Matthew. Matthew, once he got a two-year degree, he did not want to work in an office. He said, Dad, you know, what can we do? And I was going to go ahead and just, you know, start a one-man company for him to run himself. I'd be a silent investor, keep my corporate job, hot yada, 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 everything, be happy. I uh, couldn't find one of those unless he wanted to be a mobile pet groomer. No, which was uh, he didn't want to <laughs> tie down dogs in yeah. his in a, in a in an RV, right? So, um, so we started this, and uh, but you know, ten years in, so we're ten years, believe it or not, um, and it's like it, it they matured. They were both twenty two when they started the business, um, so one's thirty two, one's thirty now, um, and it's. It's kind of interesting because we're at a point in our lives that we do want to retire. We do want to get out of here, right? And so it's very interesting. Do they take it from us? Do they run it for us? Do we sit on the board of directors and watch over them and not, you know, like like bite our hands off by watching watching them do it? Do you sell it to them? <laughs> do you sell it to them? Do I sell it to someone? I mean, there's a lot of different possibilities right. out there, but... In their 30- and 32-year-old minds, it's my company when mom and dad leave. So that's kind of a thing to, to work through. So so what's your experience working with uh, with Jean and Christian? Christ? I know your wife's involved too, right? Well, she is, she's an officer, but she's she actually has her own business. So from a day-to-day perspective, she's not in it, Teresa, like mm-hmm. you are. But um, my experience with Christian's been very rewarding. You know, I struggle with that separation of dad and employee or boss so um, I, re- I remember when, when we first decided to start the business, I didn't want him to come straight to work out of college for dad. So my strategy was, Christian, go get a job and where you can learn the responsibilities of having to get up and do your, do your job. And when I can afford to hire you for a salary that you're able to earn on your own, then we'll bring you over. So we did that. and. Uh, he started with us almost exactly a year later. He actually started on my birthday the following year. And it's been great ever since. I remember when we first started, I brought him to one of the networking, open networking um, 
events that I went to. And I said, what I want you to do is just go start talking to people. You know, you're a personable guy. Just go start talking to people and get to know them and, you know, spread the word about signs of significance. He goes, you know, I'd, I'd really rather just hang with you and see what you do and see how you do it. And so he was, you know, unsure of himself, right? His confidence level isn't, wasn't anywhere near it is where it is today. But watching him grow over the last four years that he's been part of the team has just been one of the most rewarding things for me. You know, now I can sit, I can listen to him when he's in his office from my office talking to clients and he can talk them right through the whole process. So that's, that's been a very rewarding part of it for me. And Tom, what about you from a, from a family involvement standpoint? What's your experience been? For me, it was rough. Uh, me and my dad butted heads a lot. Um, it, was, it was good in the beginning, and then it just got, it just got bad. Um, we, just, we both have strong minds, and uh, you know, I was the guy that knew the business. He didn't know anything about the business, but he really wanted – I mean, he really loved me and wanted to help. But a lot of times it was just, uh, we just butted heads. Um, my brother, at a, at a short period of time, my brother was working. He was answering the phones. My mom was answering phones. And then, um, and then when my son grew up, he, he was uh, helping. My son helped a lot. My son put all the processes in place. He was the computer guy. He got us signed up on a, on a software called Service Titan. Um, put all the processes in place, everything's automated. You know, if, if some, somebody sells something, it pops up on, we use Slack, it pops up, okay, this job was sold on Slack, now it's time to order the equipment, you know, schedule the job. It's, it's all automated. I don't know how he did it. It's just amazing to me, but he, he, he put all of our processes in this software called Sweet Process. If you, if you ever wanna know how to do anything in the company, just look it up. I mean, he's just amazed me, amazed me with that stuff. It's just, it was amazing. Uh, but he was so good at that, that the software company Service Titan hired him. <laughs> Took him away from me. So, but I'm, I'm very happy for him. He's doing really well there, and, and that's his niche. So he really didn't want to take over the company. That was my yeah. original plan, but uh, he's doing so well with Service Titan. I'm just really happy for him. So what makes Comfort Control different from other heating and air co- companies? Well, it's tough because there's so many heating and air companies. You have to have a niche. You have to do something different. And what we do is I train all of my guys to look for a wow factor. We call it a wow factor. So we're in the home. We're doing our normal service. We're, you know, doing what we're there for. And then we'll look for something that's completely unrelated to heating and air. Maybe they have a door knob that's loose or the flapper on the toilet's leaking or whatever. Just something small. The screen is hanging off or the garbage needs to be picked up. We do, we'll do that, and we'll say at the end of the call, by the way, I, you know, I fixed that loose door for you. It's just like, wow, really? And we don't charge them anything for it, obviously. And just, the, the customers are just blown away by that. I like that. I like that. Very different. And what about for signs of significance? Uh, we try to model ourselves mm. after pinnacle signs and graphics. That's, that's our <laughs> differentiator. But or pinnacle <laughs> custom, custom signs. Yeah, so. that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, you know, when probably you guys went through the same due diligence process as Mm -hmm. we did. And one of the things that we found was response time in our industry tends to be poor. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that was right from the start. One of our goals is to be very, very responsive to our customers, to differentiate ourselves that way. 
And I was very fortunate to uh, hire my, des my designer, Kevin Dean, uh, when we started. And Kevin has a great ability to sit down with a client and have a design consultation with them and, and hear what their visions are and be able to translate that into something very unique that he can show them. We get a lot of very positive feedback from our clients in that respect. So I think the, those two areas are, are probably our two biggest mm -hmm. differentiators, just getting back to people on time. I think people aren't expecting that. right? So we're exceeding expectations there and then the designs that, that we're able to present to them. Yeah, what people don't realize is that signage is really a contractor business. And uh, if you ever had a contractor work on your home, they're always on time, on budget, and always status <laughs> you. Yeah. So. Now, one thing that always interests me about uh, small businesses is, you know, how they came about their name. Obviously, you're not Jim Signs or Tom's Heating and Air. So where did Signs of Significance come from? I'd, I'd be interested to know. It was kind of fun. When we first decided we were going to get into the sign business, we knew we had to come up with a name. So my wife, Jean, and Christian and I would sit around just kind of brainstorming. And I had it in my head that I wanted the word sign in my business. So when we came up with signs of significance, we got it twice, right? We got signs and then the word significance, the sign, the word sign is there and, and we highlight that in our, in the coloring of the I fonts. was just noticing that on your name tag. Right. So it's signs of signs kind of. <laughs> it seems to have worked for us. Well, there you go. What about comfort control, Tom? So comfort control, okay. I wanted something that had to do with the air, air conditioning, obviously, but the main reason I, put, I chose comfort control is because back in the day, 92, all we had was the phone book. I wanted to be up to the top, so the C was closest to the A's I could get without, because all the A's and B's were taken, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I got comfort control. Yeah, you, could, you couldn't be AAA heating I, and air? Yeah, <laughs> I tried that. They, did, they said, no, you really shouldn't do that. So. Yeah, but I like how you've, how you've uh, made your logo where the uh, O's are like the dials for your the heating and air. thermostats, I yeah. love those. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And what about Pinnacle Custom Signs? Why don't you sure, tell sir. our story? Our story? Yeah. Okay, Pinnacle Custom Signs, interestingly enough, is um, two things. First of all, before we opened a business, we used to do things like golf ski right you know before we opened the business and we used to go out to um, um, the Rockies or over in Sierra Nevadas every year we used to go skiing with the kids skiing with ourselves go see friends um, and if you've ever been out west you know how breathtaking the western mountains are compared to the eastern hills you know we call them we're gonna go to the mountains in North Carolina which are about the foothill they're not even as tall as Denver is right so um, and we're like, okay, so that's really cool. It's mountains. And then we said pinnacle, right? It's like, so we want to have our customers reach the top of what they're doing. So it's kind of a double thing, a pinnacle. And then we intentionally put the word custom in there. And, um, you know, Teresa's name is, if you spell Teresa, there's two names spelled Teresa. When you spell her name wrong, she gets really upset with that, Okay. When you call me Pinnacle Signs, I get <laughs> really upset that. <laughs> with that because Pinnacle Custom Signs means we do things custom for the customer, right? We're not doing a thousand yard signs and we're not, you know, we're not cranking stuff out like some of our competitors might, but we're really a consultative sale to the customer. So um, 
it, it's funny because we had a couple of names before we decided on that one. And one was Pinnacle Sign Solutions, and then we came up with Pinnacle Custom Signs. And I have one son that continues to call our business Pinnacle Custom Sign Solutions, which is kind of cool. But to me, it's too wordy. It's too long. Yeah. yeah. And he does it to get on our nerves. That's what he, he really doesn't get on he mine. Does, so. <laughs> well, I'm really glad you told me that because I've never called you Pinnacle Custom Signs. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> now I will. <laughs> so, and we're not Pinnacle Signs and Graphics. There actually is a Pinnacle Signs and Graphics in Colorado. Is that right? As there part is. of Sign World. As part of Sign uh, World. So. When, when we purchased Apex Signs and Graphics, <clears throat> talking with Dave Coulter, he said, what are you going to do about the name of your company now? He goes, I, I really would recommend that you go with Apex because it starts with an A. Mm -hmm. I said, well, we're not doing yellow pages anymore. <laughs> so <laughs> it's more of a Google search issue. And I don't, I don't think the A is as significant. See, you see what I did there? Yes, yeah. significant. As it was back in the yellow pages. Uh, I do have a, a, a good friend of mine. You, you know him, George Beitner, who was in San Diego, who's in the sign business. Same thing about the phone book. He started in 90, 98 or something like that, if that before the Internet, right? Yep. And he called his company All Star Signs. He says, that was great, except for I didn't realize that what the acronym really would mean. So, uh, yeah, we have a little fun with that when we get yeah, together, yeah. right? So so what's the future for, for, you know, for signs of significance? What's your future? I mean, you see three, five years from now, where's Jim? Where's the family? Where's the company? You know, you've got to have thought about that from, oh, yeah. from that standpoint. So what, where do you see y'all going? Much like you, when I get into this uh, with Christian, the ultimate goal was to be able to transition the business to Christian. How we do that is still up in the air. Uh, but I think he's still on board with that and I'm still on board with that. So ultimately we want to do that. How long I stay around, I don't know, another five plus years. I really haven't given, you know, drawn still a, having a too line much fun, aren't you? Oh yeah, it's, it's great fun. It actually is quite fun, but um, so down the road, you know, we're, we're going to be moving to a bigger space. You know, we're going to continue to keep our eye on, on growth and making investments in the business to give us greater in-house capabilities. Um, but it's, it's really continue to drive the momentum that we're, we've rebuilt now that uh, we've rebounded from COVID and continue to grow. So what, do you say, what would you say your, your service area is? I know you probably service nationally, but where's the majority of your customers? It's North Fulton and, and a little bit above that into South Forsyth for the most part. Gotcha. And, Tom, what about future for uh, comfort control? Well, like I said, I've been doing this for 28 years, so I got about three years left in me. Um, I'm not going to retire 100%. I decided to let my managers run it. So I'm, I'm, they're in training now to run the business. This way I can continue to get my paycheck and maybe, you know, travel, go to Florida when the pandemic's over and kind of have some fun that way. But, uh, yeah, the original plan was to sell, but uh, I think I'm, I'm past that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so, you know, from, from – uh, well, well, Teresa, what about you? What's Pinnacle, what's Pinnacle going to do? I, I, I'm dying to know what Pinnacle <laughs> Custom Science is going to do. We still don't know. <laughs> All we know is we're leaving in three years. So. We are leaving yeah. our plan. And it, we started last year. 
our plan was to travel two months of the year. So you know how that worked out last year, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not doing much better this year. Yeah. Well, m- maybe eventually we'll, we'll be doing better this year. So, so Tom, what's go- what, in, as far as the marketplace is concerned today, what kind of specials do you have going on in your, in your, in, uh, with Comfort Control with our customers? Heating and air systems, the number one killer to a heating and air system is dirt. That's the number one cause of a service call uh, breakdown is, is dirt. So if you have to have the system maintained twice a year, uh, an eighth of an inch dirt on the blower wheel would cause a 30% loss in capacity and uh, efficiency, just an eighth of an inch. If the blower wheel is dirty, that means the cooling coil is dirty. There's another 30 or 40% loss. So people don't realize they're overpaying of your utility bills because the system's dirty. So right now we're offering a $39 tune-up special, and we're going to check the heating system and the air conditioning system all at the same time. Oh, great. And uh, so we'll talk about contact in, in, a mi- in a minute. So, And, Jim, I mean, science is custom, right? Are you running any specials, or what's going on from that standpoint? You know, it's, it's interesting. I belong to the Greater North Fulton Chamber of Commerce, and on their website every, every member has a profile, and they always say you should put hot deals on there. And I've yet to be able to come up with some kind of a hot deal with a custom sign business. Yeah, because <laughs> we know? always say that it's very uh, signs are – event driven there's usually some need that's come up that requires you to have a sign right it's not something that you buy often and it, it's not an it's not a stockable item right like i can run a special on this service or this product mm-hmm. everything everything is is very unique yeah every every opportunity is a rembrandt right mm-hmm. we start from scratch and and build to the client's expectations yeah so how is uh, how how's um, competition in your area? That was what I would ask. So I mean, do you do you find yourselves competing you know significantly with a lot of other sign companies in your area? Do you find yourselves fighting for deals? What's the uh, competitive environment for signs over in the Alfred or Roswell area? Yeah, we we do have a lot of competition. Um, I don't very often find that the deals that we're working on are competitively viewed Mm -hmm. i'm not sure what the right way to say that is but we've we've built a clientele base uh that's very important to us so we work hard to maintain those relationships so we have that incumbent position and on new opportunities that gets back to what we were talking about earlier with response time if we can be as responsive as we attempt to be and try to be for our clients many times we've already closed the deal before the next guy if there is another guy before the next guy even comes into yeah. into the picture, so I think we're I think the the strategy is working for us that way, just mm-hmm. to deliver a level of service that's exceeding the customer's expectations, and we don't find ourselves competing, especially on price. We're always competing on value, but right. we don't very often find ourselves competing on price. Well, great. Now Tom's in the same business park as I am, and there's only about what seven heating and air companies in our seven, office park at least right? seven in there yeah so uh you know from a, from a competition standpoint how do you see the competition and how do you guys kind of differentiate yourself out there where comfort control is the choice for customers it's really really tough when you have so much competition out there and you got a lot of the small guys that one man operations and that you know giving their services away because they, they they feel like they don't have the overhead so they can do that and it's probably true 
uh, they don't realize that they they could get more for with for their services but it's like it's like um, it's like you guys said it's value we have to you have to you know promote value you have to show the customer that you're going to go above and beyond you know what their expectations are and uh, just give them a great great value for, for their money it's the only way you can do it gotcha. and what do you what do you see your major service area Tom um, we do mostly Gwinnett County uh, North Fulton um, Forsyth uh, we don't go into the city we used to go into the city but the drive time now is just it's just it's too much. It's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. So we're we're staying pretty local. Maybe yep. about a 50, 30 to forty mile radius. Do you go as far north as Gainesville or no? We do. Or yeah. Actually, know. I bought a small company uh, that was based in Gainesville. AC Solutions was the name of it. So yeah, I, we, we bought them out in two thousand seventeen. Very small company, but they they all their work was in Gainesville. Gotcha. Gotcha. Which is still it's growing. South Hall is really yeah. growing at this point in time. So Absolutely. No. So. Um, yeah, I, I guess from a from a economic environment that we find ourselves in today, I mean, what do you see? What do you see from an economic activity in your markets um, around your businesses with the people that you network with? I mean, you know, what what's your crystal ball say from an economic environment for twenty twenty one for the Atlanta and the North area, North Atlanta metro? You know, Tom, what do you think? I think it's improving. I really do. Um, we're not we're we're seeing an increase in in uh, customers that are willing to 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 pay for the the larger or the more efficient systems. Um, I think it's coming around. Gotcha. What about you, Tim? What do you think? Yeah, I'm. I guess bullish on it. You know, there's there's still a level of uncertainty that keeps me a little nervous and keeps me focused but um, you know we're, we're continuing to invest in the business and you know we're planning to keep our our growth curve accelerating and I think the economy will support that yeah I, from, a, from, a, from what I see from an economic standpoint I think there is a ton of uncertainty in the business in, in the uh, econo- economy I think people are spending money that they would have spent anyhow you know, normal, what I call normal baseline business. You know, I got a vehicle, I'm putting graphics on it. I bought a building, I'm, you know, putting graphics on it. But I think what we what we see is there's not a lot of um, CapEx being spent right now. You know, we, we do a lot of um, refurbishments of like shopping centers and monument signs and shopping centers and things like that. And the, the, the real estate companies, the um, the management companies, they're just not ready to pull the trigger right now. I think there's um, my adva- my invest- investment advisor from Edward Jones told me the other day, he says, Don, there is more cash sitting on the sidelines today than there ever has been, which is great if they ever decide to spend the cash, right? right. So I guess we got to get through the, you know, the uncertain economic times. And, I mean, it's with any new administration, we all know this. People are trying to figure out and read the tea leaves and see what's happening with the administration. We know what's what's going on right now, and eventually, the new normal or whatever it is will sink in, and people will understand what where a good investment is, where a good investment might not be, where to shy away from. And I think that's what people are figuring out now. What I can't seem to understand is with the uncertainty, how the stock market is at record highs. Right? It's like 
Who's driving that? Maybe yeah. it's maybe it's GameStop. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think for our our business, the sign and graphics business, businesses need to continue, uh, and people are in, in my opinion, continuing to invest in the promotion of their business, which fits our model very very well. Right. And unfortunately, some are shutting down, and that's still an opportunity for us. Yeah. It's not as great an opportunity as building a new sign, but when we've got to take some down, we can help them out with that as well. Yeah, Tom, tell us a little about the advertising you've done. We were talking a little about that before the show. Yeah, so I I, I do a lot of postcards right now. Um, n- nobody's doing direct mail anymore. Um, I've, I've put a lot of money into pay-per-click and online, and uh, just the returns aren't there. I mean, t- in order to... To do well in pay-per-click, you have to spend a lot of money. I mean, I was spending $6,000 a month on pay-per-click, and they were telling me I needed to spend more because the, you know, the cost per click is high because of so many people fighting for that number one spot. Right. So I decided just to trash that altogether and just go to, go to uh, postcards because now I can brand myself. I've got my brand on the postcard. It's going to, it's going to the home. It's going to every, uh, I'm, we're doing 30,000 homes a month. We're hitting the same homes over and over again. And we're just branding ourselves now. Well, that helps keep you top of mind. Top of mind. You right. know. And I have noticed that um, people are saving the cards because we don't put an expiration on a lot of it. They'll just stick it in the drawer. When they need it, they pull it out and they have it. You also do billboards because we've seen a few we, around. Yeah, the billboards, that's, that's you know, top of mind awareness, too. There's, you know, you really can't gauge how well that does. Right. Uh, even though there's a tracking number on there, uh, that's the other thing. Your advertising is very hard to track because as soon as they see an advertisement, they immediately go to Google and they Google you. So you right. don't know. They're not even going to use the tracking number where they saw you. So right. It's, uh, it's, it's a tough one. Okay. Well, advertising's always been that way, right? Yeah, always. So, so um, you guys are two owners. You start the companies and things like that. So tell me a little bit about the culture that you've created. We talk about that. We're not talking about yogurt, right? <laughs> we're, ta- we're talking about culture. So, Tom, at your company, I mean, do you have, you know, uh, does everybody know what the mission is and do you have values? I mean, how do you, how do you instill culture into comfort control? Yeah, so we have a, a big training room upstairs, and on the wall of the training room is all of our core values. They're all up there. We go over them, you know, every time we're in a meeting. They know the they know the, what the mission is of the company. So we do we do go over that. I was actually thinking about actually contacting you to make something to put in the truck, like a laminated little thing oh, that okay. we can stick on the on the bins, like the work bins, that has the core values on there, so they can see it every day. Um, but yeah, we, we do games, you know, we'll do contests, um, you know, who, who sells the most maintenance agreements. We'll give them, we actually gave away a Sony PlayStation. Um, so the culture is, we try to make it a fun culture where it's not always, you know, nose to the grindstone, work, work, work. It's, we have some fun as well. Gotcha. And what about over at Signs of Significance? When, when we started, <clears throat> I, I came from GE. At every meeting, I've and we had a ton of them at GE, <laughs> we always started and ended the meeting with integrity. So that was burnt into my soul, and that's part of our mission statement. We lead with integrity. And then it gets back to the response time and 
the creativity. So we try to, we're a small team. Um, we try to keep that family culture mm-hmm. in, in it where everybody gets along with each other. Uh, when I interview, everybody gets to talk to the person to make sure that they're going to be a good fit with the teams because we want to maintain that kind of family attitude. We try to have fun. Uh, I try to be flexible with time when people need some time off uh, or come in late or leave early. So everybody has that attitude about the business. Um, it's, I think it's important to everyone that the business does well. And um, you know, from, from our client's perspective, we try to do our best to eat, exceed those expectations. And again, we do that, I think, with our creativity and, and mm-hmm. our response times. Yeah, over the years, we've, we've felt like the, the culture of the place, everybody, you know, when, when somebody doesn't fit that culture, it's, it's pretty apparent right away. Yeah, and it can be detrimental to, yeah. the, to yeah. the whole business. Yeah, so we, we try to focus on making sure people have a, the same core values that um, we have. Now, do you guys hire based upon the core values? Do you sit down with someone and say, hey, these are our core values. Do you have them? I do. Do you? Yeah. When when I hired my first guy, right, in the sign world model, they say you need a, a designer production guy, and they help you put that job description together. My feeling was when I hired Kevin, I asked him to go to breakfast with myself and my wife, and I wanted to sit down to make sure that – his personality and my personality, his work ethic and my work ethic would be able to mesh well. Right. Once I established that that was going to be a good fit, that we could work together well, then I hooked him up with the technology person at Sign World to make sure that it, he had the technical capabilities that we needed. Because mm-hmm. at, at that point, I didn't, I wasn't able to make that evaluation right. on my own. But I always start with the person's integrity and work ethic and that sort of thing. What about you, Tom? Do you kind of use the values to evaluate who you're going to hire? I know it's a tough industry to get yeah, good it's, people. It's tough. So what we do is we hire the person. I mean, I don't, I'm really not looking at the skills that they have and all that because we can train them. In fact, I'd rather train them to do it our way anyhow. So we'll hire the personality and if, if we think they're going to be a fit. Um, and then I'll, when I hire somebody, I, I, it's always a trial basis. So it's a 30-day trial where you're hired but you're not. We're going to try you out for 30 days, see if you like us, see if we like you. And if it works out, you'll be hired uh, permanently. But we'll send them out in the truck with one of the guys, and the guys will do the training, and the guys will know right away if this, if this guy is going to be able to make it or not. So the technicians, my technicians will let me know if this guy's going to make it or not. Yeah. Interesting for us. We, we have uh, five core values. Um, one is provide excellent customer service. The other one is have high quality, right? The other three are kind of attitudinal, right? One is to have a positive attitude because I don't want to work with any Eeyores. I'd rather work with Tiggers, right? Uh, the other one is to have fun being part of a team. And the other one, which is interesting, is driven, right? Driven being always always drive forward, right? And so we sit in an interview, and you say, and you talk about core values with someone. I said, these are our five, five core values. Do you have them, right? And, and they look at me and says, wait a minute. You're going to tell me yes, and I get it because you'd be stupid to say no, right? right. I said... But yeah, think about this because if you don't have one of those core values, they'll become very apparent very quickly. And then I say the one thing to every person that we hire that Teresa hates, and I say, 
if you do not have all the core values, you will be ejected like a virus. And guess what? They are ejected like a virus. And it's not just Don and Teresa, owners of the company, right? It's, as you said, Tom, it's the, it's the other employees because they can feel it. You've created a culture there. Yeah. If someone, like, it's interesting. The last couple of people we've let go, and they've been on trial periods, right? They, we've let go. I sit around and I say, hey, okay, why did we lose Joe? Tell me why Joe is not here. Oh, he had no attention to detail. Could, couldn't do quality product. Oh, okay, I got you. What about uh, Susie? Uh, she wasn't driven. She was, uh, you know, she just clocked in, clocked out, you know, took her hour lunch, didn't want to do anything more than what, you know, the. So people all understand that. And it's not just me saying it or Teresa saying it or our boys saying it. It's the employees recognizing that they got someone that could potentially drag the team down. Yeah. And hell if they want that to be happening, right. right, at that point in time. So, one question that I'm sure our listeners are probably going to ask is Jim. You're a sign company. Pinnacle Custom Signs is a sign company. We could probably do the same things and serve the same customers and might be competitors. So why would I have you on the show? Why would Don Conklin invite Jim Tardif? Don and Teresa. Don and Teresa. That's okay. (laughs) Um, I think we... Technically, we're competitors, but we really work together in our mm-hmm. marketplace. Um, the fact that we both started through Sign World and we both are part of this owner's alliance, um, in my eyes, anyways, I look at us as business partners, if you will. Right. There's, there are opportunities, and there's countless examples where you've done work for us. You need a, a quick site survey down in my territory, and you give me a call, and I'll run out and do that for you. So it's... We support each other. I could probably count on one hand easily the amount of times I knowingly was competing against Pinnacle Custom mm-hmm. Signs. You lost every one of them, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, we'll keep <laughs> <laughs> I won't admit to that. <laughs> I wouldn't if I were you either. So, but um, so I, that's how I look at our relationship. Right. I look at us as more more uh, partners. In, well, in the Atlanta it, sign it, industry. And what I would say is this is the one reason why we went into the sign business, right? Is that everybody needs a sign, right? I mean, it's it's kind of interesting to say, but unless you're going out of business, you need a. And even if you're going out of business, you need a going out of business sign, right? And I actually I, I wrapped a vehicle. Going out of interesting story. So I had a guy who had a jewelry store. He was in Toco Hills. So I wrapped it because he had no visibility at a storefront. He parked it on the street. He goes, Don, I'm going out of business. Can you take the wrap off and put a big yellow I'm going out of business wrap on it said sure I can do that wrapped it put it on the street went out of business called me because Don I'm opening up a new store in Lawrenceville can you put the same wrap that I had two wraps ago back on the vehicle (laughs) so it's kind of interesting how it all comes out so um, and Tom I know you have a lot of competition out there I mean but it's pretty cutthroat in the heating and air company there's not a lot of cooperation I don't I don't see as much or is there something that I don't see there is, there is a lot, but there's also there's plenty of really, really good companies. And the ones that take time to do the training, you know, and, and better themselves are the ones that, you know, you, you really want to deal with. So how do people find signs of significance if they want signs? Our signsofsignificance.com website okay. is one. Uh, we still have an Apex Signs and Graphics website out there. 
uh, from having purchased that business four years ago. Uh, you're going to see me personally in a lot of networking mm -hmm. uh, throughout North Fulton. Um, so we get a lot of referrals that way. Uh, those are those are probably the two biggest areas. And your phone number? My phone number for is for the for the business is six seven eight three seven nine five one eight seven. Okay. And the it is signsofsignificance dot com. Okay. And Tom, the same for you. Yes. Yeah, so we are comfortcontrolinc.com. And the phone number is 770-932-1306. Are you guys also on social media? We are. Facebook. Okay. Yeah, and we're, we're improving in our okay. social media areas <laughs> as well. That's it's part tricky. Of a, that's part it's of our tricky. strategy. It's yeah. tricky. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on Reaching the Summit presented by Pinnacle Custom Signs. Get a more prominent look with your business signage. To see how we can help your business reach the summit, visit us on our website at PinnacleCustomSigns.com or on any of our social media channels. Remember that you can enjoy any of our episodes at any time by visiting BusinessRadioX.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then click on Reaching the Summit. You can also find us on your favorite podcast apps such as Apple's iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, or any of your favorite podcast apps. Until next time, for Pinnacle Custom Signs, I'm Teresa Conklin, and with Don Conklin, you've been listening to Reaching the Summit on Business Radio X. Hope you have a great day.